is good to find dolls. It's 4.26 in the morning. And it's funny because I'm like, got some of the deepest sleep ever um, that I didn't get in the, during the week. But my mind is still kind of like racing. So, But I wanted to do a quick part two because there was some, there was a, when I was, I was driving when I knew that I wanted to do the topic about our experiences and how we invalidate other people. And one of the ones and the reason I wanted to use breast cancer is because I talk about how at some point you kind of have to think outside of yourself when it comes to information and how we relate to it. Because even though if I were to say, well, I've never had breast cancer, no one in my family has had it, therefore your um, assertions that breast cancer, you need to treat it with chemotherapy and you know some people say diet and you know early detection and all this stuff if you are the person that's I guess being loud about um you know it, it doesn't exist and how dare you and we're healthy how can you expect me to be out here advocating for um, breast cancer? Because this is how this is how we really sound when we talk about other issues, right? Um, because the two um, ladies I was talking about the other day, they were both married, and it's like, how dare you come over here and tell us if you think we're gonna and 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 again, I kind of get it too because the main person was saying like, this is why race is not important because at the end of the uh, um. After she left, they were like, "You're not gonna sit here and bash black men, but if you had taken it back, would you have? If you had taken away the the race issue, would you have been able to say that there's something that you? Because then it, it it becomes so circular. That's how you get to um, the institution of white supremacy and or patriarchy, and we I think we can all agree that there's problems there, and you could even even be a male." And agree that there's problems that need to be addressed with the, the, oh, the system. So, but the reason that you, um, using that, that rhetoric, right, when it comes to things like breast cancer. So let's say I start to have early symptoms of breast cancer, right? I have a lump in my breast or I have like, you know, um, whatever the other symptoms are, maybe like blistering or, um, you know, I probably could have researched the um, the symptoms and stuff like that. If you don't have somebody out there, and the doctor doesn't have to be someone who's had cancer or had it run in their family, they, they just know that they have to get the information out. They know that they have to get women to go in for their early checkups, their regular checkups, and, um, you know, to be aware of what it looks like, what it feels like how to get resources, how to get the help, and all that kind of stuff. Um, so if I start to show symptoms and I'm looking for the answer, why do I feel like nauseous? Because the, the reason I say this is because I've, uh, several people that I know of that have experienced like uh, cancer, you know, death uh, by cancer, different parts of the body. Like even the one I, I shared in the um, podcast before, two weeks she was gone. July 13th, she was diagnosed fourth fourth um, stage uh, pancreatic. July 13th, July 
19th was her birthday, I believe. July 30, gone. Gone. And um, another one of my coworkers, his wife, same thing too. She was, uh, he was Caucasian. She's, she's Asian and just fit, like really, you know, small frame and everything healthy, young, had a, they had a young child and just out of nowhere, she says, I don't feel good, started um, hemorrhaging. And I mean, within a matter of like less than a week. And just went from like zero to 60 uh, real quick in terms of pain. Got taken to the hospital, same, almost within hours of her saying she didn't feel good. Started hemorrhaging and just basically within a week, they were pretty much planning her funeral. And so, so it can happen relatively quickly. But, but even before that... If you, this is why like even conversations about early detection are important. So if you have schools of people that um, are, I guess the word I was looking for in the previous podcast were illiterate, you know, or even ignorant. um, And they're the ones that are being loud. You don't afford the other people who are looking for answers the ability to to get the answers that they need and so it's a disservice when you try to make it seem like well we're 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 happily married and you know um and this is why i've said this before too there was a uh, uh in another podcast i've said you know it is kind of messed up because yeah you're gonna have that one woman that does have the perfect father and the perfect brothers and you know her sons are perfect and you know um her son's sons are perfect. And what was the other example? She was, And she's like, all the men that I have been with have been amazing to me. And they have been phenomenal. And they're just like, you know, it's kind of, she's like married to the president. Her kids are astronauts. One of, some of them are astrophysicists and, ner- you know, doctors, lawyers. And matter of fact, they were like, well, both of her husbands are six-figure earners six-figure earners and it's like wow all these conversations because even in the dating world there's so many conversations being a six-figure earner or a quote-unquote high-value man does not does not mean that you are a good person and so it was kind of interesting to watch them go all like they really do not understand the conversations that we're having at this point about humanity and yes how we talk about each other's value but what makes you a good person it's not a being a six-figure earner there's a thought process and you know perseverance resilience commitment commitment and stuff like that that you know you're being rewarded for your hard work and so then we want people that are ambitious so if you're ambitious you're gonna have the income to reflect it but that doesn't mean that you are not going to toe tag people or um, have bad ideas about what women are, whatever, what have you. But let me try to close this out so I can go back to sleep a little bit. So um, the problem comes when I start to develop a lump in my breast and then I'm looking for answers because this is this is the um, remember I talked about how why why do we keep talking about these conversations? Why do we keep having these conversations? And it's not for the people who don't have breast cancer. It's for the people who have it and are looking for answers. So 
When it comes to like relationships, a lot of us are going to try to figure out why are things going wrong? I think if you don't ask, why am I getting the same results? Why, why do these things keep happening? And I talk about the moment of elucidation, like for example, when I, and I'm not going to repeat the person's, um, the person's, um, name for, for this one, but if you were coming from the last one and I'm not saying to go over there, um, but, um, the moment of elucidation when it's like, I'm going through stuff here and they were, you know, I guess brave enough or courageous enough or just had the wherewithal to come on and say, hey, this is what you're seeing when you this is who they really choose. It has nothing to do with you, you know, and it's like you sit there and you start to reflect back and you uh, you start to understand the patterns. This is why like patterns, science, data is so important. And then it's like, oh, I promise you changed my life because it was like, I, I promise you, I started to move so much more different. And my confidence actually went up because I understood that it didn't have anything to do with me. Like if you, and it, and it kind of does come down to preferences. If you, that's how you are going to show uh, up in terms of like, you're just going to prefer something that's not me. It makes it so much easier because the question before that, before that, like all these questions is kind of like, you would see these couples and it'd be like, well, okay, so she's not like, let's just say um, educated, but you're telling me it's because she has a personality. Okay, cool. So you'll work on your personality. And then it's like, you'll meet another person and she doesn't cook or clean, but it's like, wait a minute. So you want us to have a personality and cook or clean or not cook or clean? Or then you'd be like, you'd hear a lot of the, you know, growing up, like the fit friendly type of stuff. So I would stay in shape. I would stay in the gym and that type of thing. But it was just still kind of like there was a disconnect. So as soon as that started to happen, now everything around me started to make sense. Now there was a voice that explained this is why you're seeing th this pattern. And can you imagine if I'm just thinking in my little, like myopic was the word that came up, like in my little circle and my little world. And it's like, no, there's, you know, I think this, this is why the, um, uh, the age that we're in and there's so much information, a lot of women are figuring out that our, um, experiences have so many similarities globally globally right um and so back to the breast cancer thing if if you have somebody saying like oh there's a bunch of crazy people out here talking about like if you have lumps in your breast listen i ain't never had a lump in my breast my family ain't never had no lumps in my breast all the women i know ain't had um lumps in their breasts, um, and all my co-workers ain't never had lumps in their breasts, so this is just a bunch of people out here talking about lumps in their breasts and early detection and having to go through radiation and people dying, oh my god, like, no, like, how are you gonna, you know, and so, god forbid, but this is exactly how it sounds with these other conversations, right, because if it's not for you, if you're, there are going to be a demographic of people that are happily in relationships, right? And it, that just, that's just a part of life. But if you're going to have me trying to 
you know, and this is why I just sit the whole thing, that whole arena out. But trying to um, conform to all of these different narratives, that cannot be good for your your psyche or your mental well-being on a grander scale. So you really would have had me out here trying to tell me, like, I need to um, re-enter scenarios that have low probabilities of being successful, right? Because you're the one person that's had it. Now, that being said, I think that if you were to take, like, maybe if I had an altered twin or something like that, um, and this is why I really love the power of choice so much. I really do honestly believe if I had like an ultra twin who went through the same exact things that I did, right? Same exact scenario. And she was to say, okay, um, I still want to give it a chance. The difference at this point would be that she can navigate so much better with the same access to the information that I have because now she really understands where the line, landmines are. She really understands that she's really with, dealing with the rose bush. And so as beautiful as the concept is, there's thorns. And so then now you're not going to be running through rose bushes trying to get this beautiful experience. You're going to under you're going to respect the process because you have the the understanding of exactly what you're dealing with, right? So I'm not saying that it's not for everyone. I'm and I'm not saying that it's for everyone. I'm saying that um, if my twin were to have failed relationships, and then someone comes along and say, "Well, this is how they think. This is how they behave. This is how they perceive you." Th- Listen, if I had to go back then and then revisit like even the moments that I met, you know, like my exes and stuff like that, oh, it wouldn't even have gotten to the level that it would have because the red flags were there, but I didn't know those were red flags. I didn't know that those were. And so one of the mess up things too is she was sharing her experiences of when she was, um, by 2025, she had started to experience a lot of the patterns that a lot of women do. And I think that um, mine was a little bit more, um, oh, there's a word that's on the tip of my tongue. Um, I would say like later development because I grew up sheltered. End of the day, I'm, I'm, I'm glad, even though like they weren't able to fully articulate the reasons why, because I would have just been out here trying over and over and over again. But when you start to hear like young women, younger women, and they're 19 and 20, and they get to sit and hear all of our experiences, and they're smart enough to understand, I don't have to run through the rose bushes and every single touch, every single rose to figure out, you know, this is why you're able to like help other people, you can learn from other people. You know what I'm saying? And so, um, when they when they able to say oh my I I'll never forget uh there was taught there was somebody was talking about um future faking right future faking and um <laughs> one of my exes he would do that it was just weird I don't know that he was out here like hmm I'm a um future fake this music over the five minutes that's just what he does. Right. Along with the other, there's, there's MO, there's a pattern about the way that certain guys move. 
And I'll never forget in the comments, this young lady was like, oh my word, this is what's happening with me and my boyfriend. So now, and she was, she said she was young too. She's like, I'm young. And this is what's happening with my relationship. I think she's, or she was definitely in her early twenties. Cause I remember like, you kind of had an idea. Cause I remember re- replying back and I'm like, I'm so happy that you're at least aware so you can move around better because <clears throat> you could have me who has like future faking and all this stuff. And I'm just taking them at their word and everybody else is saying, take them at the word type of a thing. And, and I really hate gaslighting people too. Cause I'd be like, nobody takes anybody at their word, blah, blah, blah. Okay. Right. You win. Cookie for you. Cookie for you. You win. Toulou. Ta-ta. Right. But my point is the power of information comes when she's now able to be like, wait, so this person is telling me things to that they're not following up on. And that's a red flag in and of itself, right? Um, even when you start to look at personal development, I sometimes do it too. It's kind of funny. Sometimes I'll be on here and I'm like, y'all, we're going to go over this, this, and this. And then in like 24 hours later, I'm like, mm, I don't really feel like doing that. You know, I really don't feel like covering this topic or I've already went through the mental process of unpacking it. And it's not as sexy as I thought. And, it, you know, I just don't want to cover it. And so I just don't cover the topics, you know. Um, but and so that could be a problem, you know, especially like if I was in the workplace. And this is kind of like okay, why like treating somebody because like if I was in the workplace and I tell my boss I'm gonna do something or I am uh you know am doing a business or service um even though in a roundabout way this is a business or stuff and I'm out here saying like I'm gonna do this I'm gonna do that and then I I don't that's a red flag and so because you're able to identify the red flag you're able to if you want to right have a conversation and be like hey I notice you keep saying you know this type of thing. And maybe it can help that other person kind of figure out like, okay, this is how I'm coming across. Or you can kind of say, well, let me pay attention to what exactly they're, they're kind of talking about. Are they in a state where they're kind of dreaming or ambitious, but they're just not able to follow through? Or are they just lying to me? And so at least you can kind of start to get a better idea of the territory or the arena that you're in and make a way more uh, well-informed uh, decision, right? And so that's what this, this content is for, you know, and, um, that, that's the type of person that this, this, uh, content is for, for the person to be able to make the best decision, you know, um, another, like, even, I'll never forget, like I said, like a couple other things too. I remember the love bombing, the last relationship that the, you know, I, I, I can't be, and I understand when people say this, like, I can't be any more mad at that person than I just didn't know. Right. So imagine when, um, after that relationship, I'm not going to, I'm not the type of person that's going to keep doing stuff over and over again. If it doesn't make sense. I've said this before. So I started to look up and, and stuff like that. And that's where I started to find out, like when I started to find out about a love bombing, that's exactly what my my ex did, right? And it's again like another moment of elucidation where it's like this little 
right? Type of thing. But it's like, okay, I understand it. And what's effed up about it is like my friends don't know what that is. I don't even know that they know what that term is to this to this day, right? So how were they gonna tell me like, oh, you know what? Yeah, that's good, but be cautious with that or kind of look for longevity on that or or just kind of be aware. So, you know, if if there is um you know, the, 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 the tail end of what comes with that, you're kind of like, okay, you saw it coming. Right. So <clears throat> definitely would have been able to navigate. Like I, I, and this is the thing, like, I think I, me not wanting to get into another relationship is not that I'm not strictly dickly or I don't want to be picked. I'm, I kid you not. And it's so funny. There was a, uh, one of the content creators, I'm keeping kind of trying to keep content creators out of whatever, because I know some of the stuff I'm saying is a little bit kind of, but she was just talking about this last week and I have to fully agree. It's kind of funny when you hear certain men say like they don't like women uh, for being like hair weave and makeup. You have it in all races, right? But when you're around guys that just like guys, I mean, uh, guys that, that just like women, period, I can walk in as a tall African-American woman in, you know, however I have my hairstyle, whether I do have it in, you know, like a wig or braids or crochet braids, or I think like cornrows, or um, like I said, any type of, cause there's so many different kinds of braids or in its natural state, I've had it relaxed, short, long, everything, right? Listen, you can tell when you're like, even like it all through across the rate, if you're presenting as a woman, it's like, what's good? Like, hey, how you doing? And the the way that they um engage with you, it kind of is like you can see that level of respect or the, you know, they kind of handle you with kid gloves a little bit. Men that like women are going to just like women, period. You don't have to present as a certain way. And then you have these like weird type of guys that will just be kind of like, um, uh, when, when they start to get like a little bit particular, you start to be like, "Mm," you know, everything's not white in the milk or type of thing, right? (laughs) There's something murky in the, in the milk. But, um, I was saying that because, um, mm, it will come back to me. Because we were talking about, um, I guess, oh, yeah. So it's not that I, um, and so I said it to say, like, yeah, even, like, today, I I shouldn't have to say this, but it's, like, if I really wanted to be in a relationship, I could be. Any woman that wanted to be in a relationship could be. The person, the, the thing is the quality of the relationship, and I think that to you, me knowing what I know now, I don't really want to be bothered with the things that come with the relationship. I understand that there are people like women that they really, that's something they desire and they're willing to take that risk. Everything involves risk. It's just that, are we aware of all of the moving parts and making the best informed decisions or not? So to me, as much as I loved being in a relationship, I don't like the, um, variables of of you know I trust myself but me putting my trust in someone to where it's like I don't know what they're capable fully at the end of the day and I think that even with 
because for how long the last relationship was, and people have been in longer relationships. Like I was talking to my mom and she said that um, one of uh, this woman that she knows, she's married and she knows the guy is cheating on her and she will just, she, she run, keeps all manage of all the finances and whenever she wants to take a trip, she will take a trip. And y'all know how I feel about that. I feel like I don't need to be in a relationship to, to, if I want to take a trip, I'm going to take a trip. If I want flowers, I'm going to buy myself flowers. If I want to buy myself a ring, I'm going to buy myself a ring. If I want to, you know, buy a house, about the house. Like, why, why have to wait for, and that's what I think the married women are not, they're missing, right? Why even subject yourself to that mental torture? So I, for me, I don't want to, when I talk about how long the last relationship was, is it really like messes with your mind to understand that somebody can keep a facade up for so long and you are developing, you know, you think that there's trust there because this person is looking you in your eyes knowing goddamn well that they're out and about and that they're able to keep up the illusion. And so it kind of like mind Fs you a little bit because you start to look at the world differently. And even when you start to um, look at like in the world of sales or people presenting stuff, you're kind of like, uh, what is it? Once, once bitten, twice shy. Very much so. So now you start to really question, question like, what are these person's motives? And in in a roundabout way, roundabout way, it makes me um wiser because the worst thing you can do is tell somebody like, no, 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 keep getting into relationships, keep trying again, keep trying different things, and so. It would be so much better if you're like, listen, this is this is what you're dealing with. There's different types within this personality. And so if you can move through the process way quicker, I remember with the dating process, there were certain things because over the period of my life, I knew that I didn't like it and I knew how to spot it immediately. And so then it allowed me to kind of just move to the next person and be like, okay, this one more embodies more of the personalities or this is enough of a red flag enough for me to kind of move on. So again, it comes back to informed decision. But if you have, you know, women that are are saying, well, we're married and this is what you need to be married. No, you're actually doing a disservice because to those women, because if you want them to have a successful marriage, then you need to be able to understand the nature of how men are and how you engage with them and and what it means to have, I guess, the healthiest outcome possible. And so you saying like women aren't getting out here, get being assaulted, domestic violence. You don't think, you you know, when I think about the, um, and then I'm going to try to end it here. Thankfully, I'm still sleepy. Um, and my little Bruno, he, when I tell you, he's so rude, but you know, it is what it is. He'll be barking like any time of the, and so then now he's not sleeping. I'm not sleeping. And then, but the antics he did last night, like tonight, he's he's like quiet, quiet, like asleep, um, and stuff. But uh, I got a really good night's rest. So, um, with I was talking about the married women. Um, I hate when I go off on these tangents, and then I forget what I was saying. So, um, 
if they're, I was talking about how they're married, the best thing to do is to make sure that the women have access to what are the best characteristics. If you want to go down that route, are you aware, you know, of like the STDs or like the infidelity? Oh, I remember what it was. <clears throat> I remember what it was. A lot of you know that I, I um, subscribe to um, Black Girl Unlost. I think that her ability to be able to upload the information, she needs as much love and support um, in that because it, the content has to be covered. But in on her channel, she shares all the domestic violence cases, right, um, in terms of uh, femicide rates in the Black community. Excuse me, in the black community, so it it's very niched, right? And you hear the stories back to back to back to back of like women who had children with these guys, women that were married to these guys, women that you know were they had just broken up, and she was with her new boyfriend, and the old boyfriend just lost his mind, and so now he's done shot both of the you know. The new boyfriend and the the girl and, you know, how they will, you know, even if you have their baby, it's like they're going to toe tag you and throw their own newborn, two day newborn baby into the river type of a thing. It's like, I understand. And this is what I had to cross over this, even myself, even this past week. Because I kept asking and probing and, and it's like finally it came to me. But I feel like I remember feeling aggravated because it's like, why is this happening to these women? Don't they know better? And I'm just not going to cover the content as opposed to, oh, there's other women out there like me that are looking for answers. And we come across what love bombing is and we come across what... um future faking, you know, those are just examples to kind of help you understand how little, you know, or there, there are going to be women out there that have lumps in their breast or certain symptoms that come with, you know, like, um, if you have like, for example, my, my boss, he had, um, cancer and because he, it ran in his family, he knew exactly what it was. They cheated it early, but because of the type of cancer and because again, it, it was a little bit more complicated, like in terms of how it affects their whole like family and stuff, he was able to deal with it way quicker. But to the to you and I, it just looked like a, a bruise or a dark spot in his scalp. Nobody's checking your scalp. You know, he was a tall man. His wife was short. I mean, yeah, if you're probably laying down or that type of thing. But because he was aware of the symptoms and everything that comes with it, and you kind of have to be tuned into your body, he was able to go in, get the treatment, make things right with his family. Not that things weren't right. I, he was one of the most loving people to other people, you know, and made such a huge difference and stuff like that. But it's like, that's who those, that's who that information is for. So when I think about the women that are uh, unfortunately highlighted in Black Girl on Laws that have the high femicide that are on the receiving end of the high femicide rates, it's not for me to be frustrated that all these women don't get it. No, no, no. We didn't have enough beacons of light to where maybe even if one out of every 10 of those women were to be like, oh my gosh, here's the red flags. Here's how I protect myself. I need to take this even more seriously than I am now. 
And even if you're addressing one out of every 10, now we're making a difference. And now, you know, that spillover effect can affect future generations and future children that are born or not born and and that type of thing. And so you're you're really reaching out for that one person who is trying to figure out what's not what's going on here because I think that our relationship with relationships is that if you want to get into one, you can get into one. And um you you have to be in a relationship and you have to be married to be a member of society and to be normalized. And that's that's not always the best case. You have to do your inner work and you need to be with somebody who's done the inner work. And statistically, the odds, they're, you know, you, you, you like I said, you, um, it's almost like one of those things too. Like if you've ever had to shop for a watermelon or pineapple, how many times have we walked in and just kind of like seen people thumping on the watermelon or looking at a pineapple or even bananas or fruit and you see them examining it and they are selecting what they want to put into their cart. There's information or knowledge they have about how this fruit is and if it's ripe or, you know, you know, it's even things like you, like uh, you can look at the stem of an apple you can um obviously look at the spots on the banana to figure out how ripe it is. You know, you can, when you thump on a watermelon, if it sounds like it's really heavy, like, dunk, 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 then it means it's ready because it's all the water is, you know, set in there. If it sounds lighter, then it's not, it didn't really get to fully ripen and it's not going to be as sweet as one that sounds like a heavier thump, Right. Pineapples, I don't know how to really explain it, but obviously like the more yellow they are, the riper they are, but at the same time, you don't want it like an orange yellow because then they're kind of like on their way out. But at the same time, if you're going to eat it same day, then you should be fine, right? So it's about how do we help people make the best choices, right? Um, when When they're selecting each other, because a lot of us are just saying like, you should eat a banana a day right? And so you have people out here just eating any kinds of bananas and it's like, well, if you're going to eat a banana, look for the ones that have just enough brown spots on there that you know that it's starting to taste sweet and it's fully, you know, it's it's ripe, but don't go for a fully brown one unless you're going to make like banana pudding. And then it's kind of like, oh, wow, I didn't even realize, you know, even like we'll do like fried plantain or green banana, um, green bananas and stuff like that. And you'd be like, uh, oh, I would never, let's just throw away all these green plant, you know, bananas here, not knowing that they're plantains. And you just dumped some inventory that other people use. Or you'd be like, oh, that person's so dumb. They don't understand they're buying a green banana and they're supposed to be eating banana day. And that's going to upset their stomach. And it's like, you're looking at them like, okay, well, we're going to go home and you know, slice it and fry it with a little bit of salt on it. And, and, or some people will, um, bake it or kind of make it like the softer version with honey or sugar and stuff like that. But do you kind of get my point? Like, this is why it's so important to like, especially when it, like, you don't want to be gatekeeping what's going to help other people. And you kind of have to figure out like, even though I'm in this situation, is this information going to help other people? I don't have breast cancer, but if you're coming to me with information about breast cancer 
and I see that it can help other women, then yeah, let's get this information out. You know, um, if I, um, uh, yeah, let's just kind of leave it there. I want to go back to sleep, but I think I've made my point in so many much more better ways. And this is kind of like what all the thoughts that are going through my mind at freaking four o'clock, five o'clock, it's five o'clock in the morning now, um, five Oh two and stuff. And then I'm going to actually journal when I get up in the morning. If I can't fall asleep right now, I'm going to journal, journal and do my podcast for the, this chick trade spy, because it was one thing to journal, but the late night hours, my mind races. And, and I, I know sometimes it's better for it to just rest, but there's so many like aha moments, even though I had a losing day, like it just all came to me right now in a way that I think is so profound that it, I'm definitely gonna, um, I'm able to be able to move on from it. And so here I am, I'm going to be, you know, well, when I, my intent for having the, this chick trade spy is I share my experience with other people. And I know there's going to be people that come to that content where it's like, oh, well, I didn't know that I, you know, it was, these were some of the hurdles or setbacks or some of the things that will help me get to this end quicker, right? Um, and it's, my, my content is not for the person who knows how to trade and is making $7 million a year. Could they learn stuff from me? Yeah, right? But, um... And it's funny because like last week, one of the um, traders that's in my trader group, he lost like $63,000. So <laughs> you're going to have days where you have losses and, you know, uh, I'll talk about it more on my channel over there too, but how do we engage with information and how we disseminate it to other people and how do we gatekeep it? And are we being kind of selfish or not being as cautious as we claim to be or want to be because... um. For whatever reason, I don't know if it's just being selfish or we're operating out of ego or we're so self-centered. Um, and I think it could be a little bit ego because it's kind of like, well, I'm the one who got picked up, the one who got married, you're miserable, blah, blah, blah. when you could be liberated within that relationship, right? And type of thing. And, and don't, if you have a platform where there's other women don't set it up to where now they're not able to, because even when they're married, they should be able to say, yeah, the relationships that didn't work leading up to my husband, they did these certain patterns. And so that, that was avoided and I made a right choice. And this is what made the right choice. This person did the inner work. This person was conscious, but unfortunately, and I don't really want to get into their stuff I don't know them like that but even when they were describing their husbands I was like yeah no mm -mm. that their husband they're not free as free as they think they are and I'm not even trying to make it seem like you know it's this whole battle between the married women and the pygmies and single women and it's like if you want to get married you could definitely marry a better guy I promise you <laughs> 
if you wanted to marry a, a better guy, because because I have other examples of like happily married people, and when they describe their husband, and it, it's like don't lie to yourself and be like, oh well, they described their their husband better, and then now you go and cut and paste the way that they described their husband to save face. You're just gonna be flat out lying to yourself, but. When other people describe their husband and I see how they engage with their husband, I'm like, yeah, that person really cares and and cherishes her. And of course, from the inside looking out, from the outside looking in, because at the end of the day, you never know, you know, you never, ever really know. Heck, y'all don't even know what happens behind the scenes here, right? But for the most part, it'd be like, okay, when you start to look at the healthier components of what you need for like a healthy relationship... You can see it. And so when they were even describing their husband, I'm like, oh, my gosh. But they they want to be right so bad that it's like, you know, you could have probably, um, you know, and, and I think that when you are in a relationship to a certain degree, if you are with a person who is growing, seeking to grow the same way you are. You can have those difficult conversations and that is how you make each other sharper if you want that dynamic because remember I was talking about how if you start dating someone and you start to notice that they're future faking and you're able to be, you know, let's just say, be like, babe, I noticed you said that we're going to do this and that and it's been, you know, a couple of weeks and we still haven't. What is that about? Is it, you know, what's going on? And then... <clears throat> If you get that rare person where it's kind of like, oh my gosh, that's true. You did mention that and they have time to think back to what it means to their childhood or why did they say that? And, you know, you both of you might end up just laughing and be like, you know what? Yeah, I do be out here selling dreams. And then now you can kind of even make something beautiful out of it, too, because you could just be laying in bed and be like, babe, there's actually commercials on this, right? Which is so funny. I just thought about it. But. Um, I think is it like uh, Expedia has a commercial on it and you have this Caucasian couple in bed and they're both on their phones and they have their little bedtime ritual and stuff like that and um, they're so excited to share with each other and they're just like um, talking about all the stuff that they want to do but they actually book the flight right because it's affordable as opposed so but for the most part you could lay in bed and be like yeah let's go here we're gonna i'm gonna fly you to the moon because they actually you can take virgin galactic and fly to the moon if well not to the moon into outer space i stand corrected you can fly into outer space matter of fact there was a mother daughter um that was just chosen to go on Virgin Galactic. And there's little kids that have gone into outer space um, through Virgin Galactic and stuff like that. But um, <clears throat> um and so you can just be there and, and laugh about it and, and daydream about it and stuff like that. But now you've been able to address it or this person can say, wow, I, you know, I don't like that component about myself. Is it spilling over into my workplace and is this something I need to address? And then now you're more conscientious of like, what are you telling people? And, you know, you don't, you, you don't want to give false illusions. So it can go either way. I'm not saying it has to be like this horrible thing where now you break up with this person and you never have the conversation with them. But if you don't know what future faking is for yourself or other people, then... You're just kind of, you know, you're just, uh, what's the word that I was using before? Not naive, um, ignorant, ignorant, or 
there was another word I used. Because at this point, I'm kind of fully awake and I'm just going to um, write in my journal and probably do my podcast, do my, I guess what would be my, my type of thing. So that's, that's how you kind of handle it. That's how you deal with it. And I think I've given so many examples uh, yet again of why it's so important to just, um, it wasn't, the word wasn't ignorant or, um, it's not naive. And I said those other two words, um, I guess the word is ignorant, like, um, meaning that you just don't know outside of, uh, of yourself, right? And in some cases, I think that they're being willfully obtuse. And y'all already know how I feel about drinking too. Like, listen, okay, so I already told you, like, I it does kind of grind my gears. And I do, I get it. I'm judgmental. It's going to take me, um, when I'm a little old lady, I'll be less just less judgmental. But I've been out of the church now for, if I say, so we're in 2023. <clears throat> 10 years ago, I was still in church. Yeah, so 2013, I was still a church going, Bible thumping. That being said, I shouldn't make it an excuse to where I'm like, I'm just going to keep being out here, being a judgmental asshole and moron and that type of thing. But I understand I have to kind of everyday deprogram from my judgmental. But for today, y'all still going to get that smoke though. So to me, I don't like when people um, are trying to pretend that they're drinking or consuming alcohol and then trying to have a um, conversation with me that requires you to have clarity. And this is the thing, like alcohol inhibits your, it lowers your inhibitions. So, you know, it makes you, yeah, it lowers your inhibitions. So it makes you more um, pliable, even though you can ply someone with alcohol. But it makes you even the word pliable is like you're more moldable or shapeable. Like your your barriers, even spiritually, they go down. It it in my opinion affects your third eye. So you're having these conversations and then you start drinking and you're talking about your faith and your religion and your ministry. And I'm like, why would you want to take a serious conversation? Like and I I get it. Like when I go out with my girlfriends, for the most part, I still decide if I want to have alcohol or not, because part of it is I've become even more so, um, so sensitive to it that I will have a hard time driving home with just one drink. Like that's how. And so, um, but if we're going to celebrate like a wedding or something, then I'll have a champagne and just try to make sure I gauge how I navigate in that type of thing. And that's it. But um, and again, it could, and again, that's me superimposing how I view other people. Some people really can't hold their liquor, but it's like, I could, because as soon as I start to get swig, I'm like, oh my gosh. And so sure enough, whether she realizes it or not, like her behavior and everything started to change. And I, I, I could be wrong when she started drinking, I, I don't know if it was like Cognac or peach, whatever type of thing. And you could start to see just the once that thing kicked in, it just, there's no reasoning or rationalizing with you or anything like that. And so that was another kind of like a pet peeve of mine. And it's so interesting because, um, 
it's one thing to go out with your friends and have conversations, but we're not trying to like build empires or, you know, talk about budgets and stuff like that. But if we're having a good time, we're having a good time. And so, but even when you think about like cigar lounges and stuff, they're just having a good time. They're at a bar, you know, nothing is supposed to come out of it. But if you're supposed to be having these conversations where you're talking about your life partner and making choices about who to let into your life or not let into your life, then, um, and that type of thing and behaviors and stuff like that, then I would think you'd want to be fully present. And I would think that you would want to be aware and cognizant of what is going on in, in that conversation for that period in time. And then afterwards, you know, and then I get it because I will say this, I think I've, I've, I'm pretty sure I've seen where people were just having lighthearted conversations and they were, everybody's drinking, what you drinking, what you drinking, everybody got their wine, like, uh, on wine with, uh, with Tasha, she's just gossiping, you know what I'm saying? So, and it's just quote unquote banter. So, you know, that's really something where you just get your wine and you just in the hot tub and you're just listening to her and you don't have to be present or really processing whatever she's telling you because everybody's just chilling and just hanging out, you know. So unwind with Tasha is different than if you're going to be talking about the type of content that they were trying to cover and stuff like that. But that just is what it is. All right, y'all. It's five o'clock, which is around the time, 5.15, which is around the time that I think uh, next week I want to wake up closer to, it's going to be 5.30 because I want to do about 30 minutes of just self-directed kind of yoga. I've been, I did it this week, but it kind of tapped into my getting ready for the market to open. And so I still want to respect that time frame that I have blocked off to be um, preparing for the market to open at 6.30 and then, um, so eh, it is what it is, but I did get a really good night's rest. I actually didn't take any magnesium tonight. Um, but again, I was just so dog tired, um, <clears throat> literally cause my little Bruno <clears throat> kept us up last night. And for my recordings last night, you probably heard it barking a little bit and sometimes he gets separation anxiety. So like, um, I, I am, I've been home a lot more lately and stuff and he has separation anxiety before but now it's like oh my gosh I'll be gone for like a half an hour an hour and when I come back he would just be crying and stuff and so um like with the with the barking last night on the recording you could even hear I'm like I just have to tell him like I'm right here but he's been like that since he's a puppy I'm like I'm right here and then he'll just kind of like go into like his deep sleep and stuff like that. So, um, it is what it is. It's in, it's moments like this. I'm kind of glad I don't have kids because I think about it. I'm like, I wanted five kids, girl, you would have never got in your sleep at all. Like perpetually ever, you know? And so it's like, and it's nice too, because I think about like moments like this when it's back to school, my niece, she's 16 and a half and it, or going closer to 17 at this point. But it's like, oh, my God, bless her soul. I would have to get up so freaking early to have breakfast ready. And, you know, she's disciplined in doing her own homework and stuff, but making sure that that structure is there and all the healthy foods and everything that come with that. And 
um, when she comes to visit, like you just have to stay on, you know, and, and I can't just go into a deep sleep. I have to make sure like, is the house safe? Do I hear, am I hearing anything? And looking out for her well-being. And I'm not saying it's bad, bad, or it's terrible. I think that, you know, you can be a parent who can sometimes experience the burnout or the, that side of it, right? It's just saying, almost the same as having a little fur baby. It's like, I'm not going to say like, just throw the whole puppy away. I'm just saying, you know, there's those nights where it's like, oh my gosh, he kept me up all night or like right when I was about to fall asleep, he'd keep barking. And then, you know, and um, it's funny too, because sometimes like when I'm up and trading and I'm just kind of sitting there, he'll be curled up into like the cutest little ball, just sleeping. And I'm like, this little turkey kept me up at night and now he's sleeping and I'm here just dog tired, but this is what it is, right? This is, this is those type of things. I will say this, I'll close out even if it's the last eight minutes with this. I think that people have to show appreciation for their parents and like their mom in particular so much more because, um, I think people take for granted, um, like even when I was doing the podcast on like, love is not phallic, it's, it's, um, it's a woman's breast, or I can even correct it to say it's a mother's breast, right? Because even as a single person, I don't know that I'm fully capable of love the way that a mother is. That's a whole other freaking interesting dynamic because moms go through so much, um, everything from like literally the labor of love and making sure she's eating healthy and, um, taking care of you when you're, when, you know, one of the content creators I'm following, she just recently had her baby and all the preparation that came into it and the hopes and dreams that she has for her child and to make sure that she's going to grow up to be a loved person that is, has everything at her disposal. Like, you know, just all the dreams that we have when we, when we think of having children and, but then it gets real, real, right? those 3 a.m. wake-ups and when they're scared of things under, you know, in their bedroom at night and when you just get sick, you know, from daycare and now you're throwing up and you have like, um, I remember, I think was it on Char Henley's um, YouTube. I love her content because it does help me become, I think, more aware of what other women are going through. And that's perfect for the space that I'm in too. Is that, um, you know, she had some, uh, stitched together some videos of women that were moms and they were just burnt out and tired. And you could tell she, you know, one of them, she had the cutest little baby ever, you know, and if, if I were to see her at the store, I'd be like, oh, the baby's so cute. Not even a 30 second, um, interaction. And she'd probably be like, oh, thank you. You know, and type of a thing and you smile and then you keep pushing your card and you jump in your car and get yourself an ice cream and go home. And I'm over here, you know, podcasting at five o'clock in the morning, but behind the scenes, when she was sharing her story, it's kind of like she has three kids, her husband works and she just has to be on the whole time, you know, between a four-year-old, a two-year-old and a newborn hasn't had a good night's rest because everything for at least four years, y'all, at least four years, like I bitch about how last week I had three nights where I, I couldn't sleep. 
But for the most part, like I'm able to sleep tonight. I don't have any interruptions. You know, if I if I wanted to roll over and go to sleep, I could. And that type of thing. And so, like, when you think about some of the sacrifices that even the mom makes on those minuscule levels, like, don't take it for granted. That is a whole other human being that, you know, when they are checking for you and do prepare breakfast for you and your meals and check how your school is going and drive you to and from your events and are active in your life, it's like, you know, I actually know people that they don't have even the full function of their own mom. Like, I know we talk a lot about absent fathers, but even their own mom and they're suffering for it. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, we just take those things for granted um, from a human level too, right? Um, so, yeah, I I um I will have to talk about this in a future podcast because the furthest the other thing a moment of elucidation is it's not love is not phallic and it's it may be a woman's breast but it's a mother's breast really and then you start to understand good breasts and bad breasts even more I think if you having had a chance to um listen to that podcast I would recommend you go back to that one because if you understand this going into that that's gonna make way more sense um as I was trying to unpack what that means I might go, I might go, um, add just a couple minutes over there too and stuff like that. So at this point, I'm pretty much awake. It just is what it is. I wanted to kind of low key sleep in, but I slept so deep, uh, four o'clock. So if I haven't been sleeping that well, let me see. I fell asleep like around and it's good when I don't remember, but I, cause once I fell asleep, it was lights out, but what time did, if I say I fell asleep around nine or 10, so 10, 11, 12, one, two, three, four. Yeah, I got seven hours of sleep. So this is good um, because my body will probably get used to waking up around five in the morning, a little bit before four. But if I can push to sleep closer to five, I'll be better. But 530 would be the best ideal. Um, and then um, the good thing is that I don't have to wake up too early tomorrow. So I will try again for tomorrow and I can just do cat naps throughout the day. And yeah, so we'll do that, y'all. I am low-key a little bit mad. I did want to sleep in more, but it is what it is. <laughs> this was a really good podcast. Um, I, this was this was really, really good. In my opinion, humbly. <laughs> Um, I think I really drove home all the points I really wanted to. So, all right. I will talk to y'all later. Have an amazing weekend. And just remember to enjoy the experience of life. And even if it can feel a little bit rough, you know, that we are at least have um, life and the possibilities of living another day to outlive that that um circumstance or whatever we're going through and there absolutely is light at the end of the tunnel I am living proof of that um and so yeah don't give up continue to have hope and you know I hope you experience many moments of joy and happiness and peace and serenity and quiet before we go into the storm of next week um one of the content creators I, I, I'm still subscribed to, but it's like, love yourself and love each other. Um, I love that phrase from him. And 
Um, yeah. So, last 45 seconds. Of course I'm waking up hungry. I have leftover Indian food. I didn't eat it. It's still packaged, but I know it's going to taste so freaking good. Like, you know, that next day food kind of tastes good, but third day good food doesn't. So, I'm going to have that today. It's um, um the cheese one. Cheese, like, mater or something like that. And, yeah. So, all right, y'all. I'll talk to you on the website.